Artist Journal, May 27th, 2019. I haven't updated this podcast for a very long time, as I was concerned that the uh, that it was actually just too wandering and that it the show needed more focus. But I've come back to it because I still like the idea of an artist journal. So I've decided I'm just going to feel my way through this. And just because you can kind of endlessly prepare for the, like a, a working on an art piece, you can kind of endlessly prepare. But until you put, you know, brush to canvas or pen to paper, it's all theory. So you just got to work your way through it. And so that's what I'm doing. And so I'm just going to talk about some of the things that are interesting me right now. I'd have to say the primary one is uh, the return to Terrence McKenna. And when I was 16 or so is when I discovered Terrence McKenna uh, through his book, The Archaic Revival. And for those that don't know who Terrence McKenna is, he was the great mushroom philosopher of... I guess you'd say the 1980s and 90s. In the 1990s, he really sort of hit his stride. And he's sort of like sometimes called the Timothy Leary uh, of the 90s. And he his main thing was uh, psilocybin mushrooms, magic mushrooms. And what was interesting about McKenna, he was fascinating, one of the great speakers, I'd argue, of the 20th century. Very original thinker and... Um, he sort of had a huge following, but then he sort of suffered, I think, a little bit in his credibility for basically two main reasons. Uh, he had predicted that the uh, that there was an eschatological object at the end of history that history was moving towards, and that this object was basically at 2012... Uh, December 21st, 2012, and then this matched up with the Mayan calendar. And so if you remember all that 2012 stuff, Terrence McKenna was the first to start it. And so when 2012 happened and basically nothing happened, which is actually the name of one of my paintings that I did before, but I'll come back to that. Uh he suffered a basically a credibility hit and and even before it was coming the the more sort of absurd it sort of looked and seemed to the point where once december 21st 2012 came you know nobody really very few people actually thought something was going to happen some of the psychedelic like the second rate psychedelic critics or psychedelic uh, speakers like Daniel Pinchbeck were still trying to take the mantle up, and I'd argue he totally discredited himself. And he was, yeah, the poor man's McKenna it would be charitable. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so McKenna suffered a hit from there, and he also suffered a hit uh, from his brother Dennis, I would argue, <clears throat> who was interviewed, uh, you know, and he sort of... You know, like say on he was on Joe Rogan a few times, and one of the times he sort of was sort of said like he promoted the story in more than one place. Once on there, that basically McKenna was a good bullshitter, was sort of, and so coming from the brother, uh, 
like he may have been thinking, oh, McKenna's a good speaker, but don't believe everything you hear. And I can understand that. But I think that may have had more impact than he intended, Dennis McKenna intended. Because obviously he's not out to destroy the work of his uh, older brother. So anyways, so I've been returning to it because I became a YouTube premium subscriber. And when you become a YouTube premium subscriber, it's fantastic because the greatest thing about it is your uh, you can minimize the app on your phone and it still works. It's not, you don't need to keep it open with video that's going to drain your battery. Uh, so, th- so I've been listening to a ton of it. Uh, and I had sort of been a big fan of McKenna in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, to the point where I named a painting that I worked two years on, uh, which was called To Mars and the Stars, What If 2012 Never Happened? Which was basically... You know, if 2012 never ha- doesn't happen, if McKenna's prophecy basically doesn't come true, what do we do? And it's to Mars and the stars was the was the solution or the only thing left to do. So, yeah, so I had drifted away from McKenna in the, say, late 2000s uh, and the early tw- 2010s, basically until recently. Like, I've never really dismissed it but i sort of just didn't pay as much attention to it now i've sort of re-engaged with it after you know almost 20 years really of reading let's say 15 years and you know just developing yourself over that time and intellectually and uh and just becoming a you know more well-informed person and it's interesting how to me the implications of mckenna's uh, what he's saying are pretty staggering, actually. And I didn't really understand. I had a clue as to what he was getting at. But um, but because, again, I, I think I'm exposing myself to a lot more of his material. Like, I mean, there's almost everything on YouTube. Like, there's, you can have, there's probably hundreds of hours of his speeches uh, or his talks or his lectures, whatever you want to call them. And, uh, so I think that's also a factor. I'm also exposing myself to a lot of his content and what I'm discovering is I find a very interesting philosophy to the point that I almost find it actually to be, you know, he's one of the most important philosophers of the 20th century, which sounds pretty radical. I think a lot of people would laugh at that, but I think he might be um, right. And basically what his radical thesis is, I would argue like part of it. I mean, there's a lot to unpack, but ultimately that there is much more going on in the world than science can give answers to, which isn't so radical, but that ultimately, though, the implication of listening to his work is that the imagination is as real as physical reality. And this, he never directly says that, but this is my summation, summary of, of, of it all, is that ultimately what is occurring inside our heads 
it's particularly when you're on the psilocybin tryptamine hallucinogens is just as important as and and as real as what's happening in three-dimensional space and which is what physics is uh you know able to address whereas physics can't deal with dreams uh you know or sorry uh, science can't deal with dreams at all like it's like it can sort of take these anecdotal uh reports of what people dream about and then start to make inferences and look at brain but ultimately whatever the narrative and the I don't want to say it's a space inside our, ourselves. Like, I mean, Ballard called it, J.G. Ballard called it inner space. I, I almost prefer place, although it does have the qualities of a sp- space because it is a, a s- inner space where uh, narratives and dramas can unfold, to speak very generally. And so I've been, I've been absorbing a lot of this stuff, and I woke up in the middle of the night about a week and a half ago, and... What I've realized is that, and I woke up basically with this thought that we are basically, as the ancient philosophers, particularly the Platonists, said, who McKenna called the psychedelic philosophers, interestingly, but we are multidimensional organisms that ultimately there is a place inside that is just as real and but it doesn't obey the laws of three-dimensional space, and science cannot um, cannot say anything about it because you can't measure any of it. Again, this is so it's it's the land of imagination and consciousness, and so when you and and I think the reason we dismiss imagination so quickly, like we we pay it lip service. But I think we're so close to it. <clears throat> like our, I see our uh, consciousness as we have perception, and then. But what really gives meaning to objects is imagination. Like we have a basically an energy that flows through our consciousness, which gives significance to what we see. And we are. My, my thesis is that we are so embedded in imagination like it's basically it's part of who we are like our subjective perspective that we don't even really see it like we're like a fish in water and this is why we tend to almost dismiss the imagination as kind of this this space that is as real as external reality and for us like we're so embedded in sort of a scientific mindset that you know for it anything that's not an external reality and that cannot be measured we basically sort of write off and dismiss even if we are of the spiritual type let's say like i think we're we're so embedded in this sort of mindset that if we can't that fantasy is just this sort of but really just this sort of you know thing we have but it's not a big deal but when you consider if you are to not privilege uh, three-dimensional space and you're to put it on the same level as the, imagine, the imagination, uh, it's actually pretty staggering 
the implications because for me, as I woke up in the middle of the night that, you know, a week and a half ago, whenever that was, again, it's this idea that we are concurrently inhabiting two different dimensions. One is where our body is in three-dimensional space, the one we're sort of familiar with, but we are simultaneously uh, inhabiting uh, inner this inner dimension that, that doesn't obey the laws of three-dimensional space. It, and, it's, and it goes further. So, and does it even have laws is a further question. McKenna tried to say there were, but I can't remember what he was saying, but it wasn't very... And like, because he had sort of tackled this question from a sort of slightly different angle. I found it after um, that he actually was dealing with you. And he sort of had come to similar sort of conclusion, but he suggested there they, it did have laws. I don't think it does have laws. I think the imagination is a free-for-all sort of uh, place or space and that it's more about how you travel through it and how, how you... It's how you treat your journey. Like I remember dancing hard at a party 20 years ago and I had this sort of revelation to myself. It's about keeping your cool over time. Cool over time, my little equation. And and for me, that's more of like a, a psych, that's a principle that you could, it's a frame, it's a way of dealing with the imagination. But I don't think there's laws. It's almost like to say that there were laws of the imagination is almost to try and superimpose a three-dimensional metaphor onto uh, the imagination. And they are different kinds of dimensions is, is the, the conclusion I've come to. So anyway, so that's just sort of some of my thoughts on McKenna. And, uh, yeah, so this is oddly enough. I mean, it sounds, talk about unexpected, but my metaphysics has actually changed as a result of this. And how, how many people, yeah. Like when was the last time you feel like that's happened to you or your metaphysics have changed, but my metaphysics have changed. I, I now sort of see myself as a multidimensional and it's funny, like you learn this organism, you learn this in like ancient philosophy. Oh, the, you know, you study your Plato, which I did. I took a lot of ancient philosophy, thankfully. I highly recommend it, particularly Plato, luckily. And uh, yeah, I mean, you do get this sort of, this kind of comes up at times, this idea that we're kind of multidimensional organisms, whether it's a lecture, you know, these are just some of the implications that can come up especially in the Neoplatonists, and there's the different hypostases, which is a fancy word for different levels of reality. Uh, you know, the one emanates into intellect, which emanates into soul, which emanates into matter. So anyways, I'm sort of going all over the place. But this idea of multidimensional organism, it became very real for me. Like now when I, like, I, I feel like I'm inhabiting two places. There's the three-dimensional space, but there's also the imagination. And the radical... Uh, thing is to treat it the radical idea is to treat it as equal and that it's just simply a different dimension it's a different there's a different i, I want to say set of rules but that's almost a three-dimensional laws of physics type metaphor it's a different space or like it is a space so anyways i think you get my point so yeah so that's the latest on sort of just intellectual ideas i've been dealing with so 
I think that's enough for today. I, I want to keep these short and I want to do them more frequently. So uh, just some thoughts on McKenna that have been preoccupying me. And uh, I'm sure I'll pick up this thread another time. All right, over and out.